Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. You guys, training camp is upon us. And to join me to talk about it, I have one of my most favorite humans. See, that's a very nice thing. One of my most favorite humans, one of my most favorite writers, one of my most favorite TV personalities, one of my most favorite Giants fans, and that is a short list, so congratulations on that one. The great, the amazing, and the fantastic Jim Trotter <laughs> of The Athletic. How was that for an intro? See, the key here is when you say one of the most, right? <laughs> so that could that could mean many different things. That could be one of one. That could be one of 10, that could be one of a hundred, one of a thousand. So we oh, never it's know. it's not a hundred or a thousand. <laughs> you, you always love me when you need me to come on. I know that. I so I'll accept, love you I'll accept that. I tell you when you, I need you to come on. That's when I'm more effusive about it. But no, okay. but even when I don't need you to come on, my feelings about you don't change. I just don't share okay. them with you as often. Okay. All right. All right. That's it's fair. all good. It's all good. And I don't think we've talked, I think we talked at the end of the season last year. I think it was the last time that you and I, I mean, you and I have talked about on this podcast, I think was the last time we talked when the 49ers had that very sad game against the Eagles because Ooh. they just literally ran out of quarterbacks, which was yeah. such an odd thing. Uh, but now, Jim, training camp starts, and this is the beauty of training camp. Everyone is in the best shape of their lives. Everyone is Super Bowl bound. Everyone believes in this team. Everyone's so committed. The guys are excited. I mean, these are all the things we're going to hear over the next several days. That being said, I think the San Francisco 49ers actually are, in theory, Super Bowl ready, looking towards the future. Uh, we'll see what happens. We're July, so we'll see what happens over the next several months. But this is an interesting team. You may or may not have heard there's like a quarterback thing going on here. Um, because as I have said to you, every year you're on this podcast in the preseason or before before training camp, this team loves quarterback controversy. Like they back to Joe Montana and Steve Young. It's just they thrive. Fortnite's have been pretty clear. Should Brock Purdy be healthy? He's the guy. So I don't want to talk too much about quarterbacks. I feel like it's all anybody talks about. And there are <laughs> other players on this team. So I would love your brief thoughts on quarterbacks and then we can move forward. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly what you said, that Brock Purdy has earned the right to be the starter if he is completely healthy. But I will say this to you, too. I'm intrigued to see exactly where Trey Lance is mm -hmm. and if Brock is not fully healthy and Trey has to take all of the reps, first-team reps, uh, during the early part of training camp. I just want to see what the improvement is mm -hmm. and how he performs. Um, because... There's a part of me that says, and, and maybe this is just me getting older and, and becoming more sensitive to certain things, that there is a segment of the population that wants to dump on Trey Lance as if he has done something wrong mm -hmm. when he's done nothing wrong other than get hurt and not, to this point at least, live up to the expectations that, that people have for him after the 49ers made that big trade to move up and then draft him. So... I think Trey Lance, to me, is a good kid, and I call him a kid because I'm so old. Um, well, he's, and he's I always still a kid. He's young. He's very young. Yeah, I always want to see, you know, young people do well, particularly people who have not given us any reason to look at them sideways, et cetera. So I am, I am rooting for Trey Lance 
to do well, whether it is with the 49ers or with someone else. I'm just hoping that he can stay healthy, he mm -hmm. can develop, and he can go on and have a productive career. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And I think he will do well. It just may not be with the 49ers, but I do think he will do well. And I, it, it seems they are excited about him. It's just a matter of he's going to get an opportunity on the field. That being said, I think he will be in Santa Clara for a while because the team is, is not one that can really afford to be giving up quarterbacks. And I don't think it hurts this team to have Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold around for the foreseeable future. So we will see how all of that plays out, but let's switch gears a little bit. There are a lot of people on this team that have important seasons ahead of them. And there are a lot of people that are important for the team that they have good seasons ahead of them. And I have a few in my mind, but I am not the guest here. This is about you today. So who are your top three 49ers to watch that don't play quarterback? Oh man. Um, there are a lot of them. I, I mean, number one, you want to see how Hargrove is going to do coming in. He is, I remember after they signed him and I messaged someone in the organization and, and basically the response I got back was we're all in. Mm -hmm. And that sent a message to me about, you know, they believe that this is their time and they've got to get it done now, you know? Um, and it also brought back, you know, a conversation I had with Kyle Shanahan years ago where I had asked him if he had a choice between a top five offense and a top five defense, which would he take? And he said a top five defense because he felt that offensively he could scheme up enough to get points if he had a defense that could shut everything down and, and hold down an, op an opponent. And mm -hmm. so we seem to see that taking place here. So he's one that I, that I want to see. You know, the other one, obviously, you want to see the starting cornerback out, uh, opposite of Ward, mm -hmm. how that player is going to perform. And so they have a lot of depth in the secondary right now and at the cornerback position, but a lot of it is young. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see, you know, if Lenore is going to take that next step. And he struggled early last year, but then came on late in the year and in the playoffs and played well for them. Can he pick up from where he left off and build on that? Then you've got those other young guys that you want to see how they perform. Um, so, you know, the other thing I would say to you is that right tackle, you know, you want to see how they're going to hold up there. So I, it's it's just there are, there are components within this team or areas within this team where you say, okay, let's see what they do. But overall, they're just so talented and so deep. And the NFC is not a particularly deep conference outside of a few teams. Um, it's not like you're going to have to go through the gauntlet that you would if you were in the AFC. So, yeah, so I'm one of those people who's bullish on the 49ers this year. If, if they can get quarterback play, if the quarterbacks are healthy and they get good quarterback play, they should be right there at the end. It's interesting in the secondary, and we can kind of jump into this now, I remember last year asking uh, the cornerbacks coach, I asked uh, Corey Unlin, is this a deep a court cornerback position as you've had since you've been here? And he said it was, but it was interesting as the season went on and Emmanuel Mosley gets hurt and Lenore comes in, you find they were deep in terms of bodies, 
they weren't necessarily deep in terms of people who could really jump in and fill in as a starter. And you, as you mentioned, Lenore came in early and struggled. He really came on the end of the year. I do think that he shouldn't have to compete for that job. I think he different than Brock Purdy, very different situations, but he earned that job over the last several months of the season and into the playoffs. But it is an interesting secondary. You see, you know, Ambry Thomas, can he really turn things around and even make the team? This was a third round draft pick in 2021, who at the end of that season, people were super excited about. And that change, they brought in Isaiah Oliver. How will he do in the nickel position? What are they going to do with Sam Womack? So the secondary is so interesting to me because again, it feels like it's deep in bodies, but not necessarily deep in proving that they have the people they need. No, that's absolutely true. But I, I would make this argument as well. Number one, the best friend of a cornerback is a pass rush. Yes. And correct. by going out and getting Hargrove, Hargrave. that you, I'm Hargrave. sorry, Hargrave. I keep saying Hargrove because I'm I'm focused on another player, um, and I'm old. So, but by going out and getting Hargrave, you put him with Bosa, you put him with Armstead. You know, we don't know what Ken Law is going to do, but you look at that depth in the defensive line, and they should be able to get to get after quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. The other thing is with Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator, he's more prone to play more zone concepts in the secondary. Does that play to these players' skill set and strengths? Mm -hmm. So if you can marry up a really strong pass rush with some of these zone concepts, it may benefit these players, these young cornerbacks, to have better years than maybe they might have had otherwise. And you're not putting them on that island where now they've got to go one-on-one -on -one in man coverage and and maybe give up some big plays. So I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to see what wrinkles Steve Wilkes is going to bring to this defense, how it will be different from Robert Sala to, to D'Amico Ryans. And now what does he do? This is why we all get excited this time of year because mm -hmm. of the possibilities, right? We've not played a game. So nothing has transpired to where we start to make hard judgments, right? Mm -hmm. or statements of what we consider to be fact. Um, we're all speculating at this point. And that's what makes it fun. You want to see how it shakes out. And if we didn't speculate, we wouldn't have jobs, at least not at this point of the year. We wouldn't get uh, to start until September. Hey, even so, then, we still might not have jobs with the way the industry is going. So that's, true. that's another conversation for that is a, That's a different podcast, but I'm willing to have yes, it. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely willing to have it. You know, when you talked about Steve Wilkes, it was also kind of cool to see in OTAs, and we've never seen this, at least not during my time covering under Kyle Shanahan, but, you know, he's working every day with these DBs and with the corners. And it's cool. It was cool to watch that. It was kind of cool to watch him teach in a way that we used to watch D'Amico really teach the linebackers and right. spend time with them. So I think that's going to do a lot for the secondary. I actually had Charvarius Ward on the podcast last week. That's just going to be my shameless plug for you guys to make sure to go listen to it. But I had, no, I, I saw that and I thought, man, she's really going to make me come on after him. Your yeah. audience is going to be like, what a, what a, what a decline in guests, you know? <laughs> I think it was such an all-star lineup. <laughs> that went from no. Charvarius Ward to Jim Trotter. It's like no. one all-star after the other. No, he's the all-star. So your audience is like, why are you having this guy on now? You know, you had set the bar so high and now we're down here, you know? I disagree with that assessment. It's just that he's on the team and people get excited about that. If you could be on the team, you've just chosen to go a different direction. Look, I, you know, people always ask, who's your favorite team, right? 
Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, I was born in San Francisco. So I grew up That's the that first- That giant hat he's wearing. You know? <laughs> so I grew up whenever I, I could, could, which wasn't often because we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But those few times I got to go to games, one of the first ones I went to was um, was a 49er game where my big brother from the Big bro- Brother program okay. took me to to see it. And it was it was John Brody who was quarterbacking at that time. That tells you how long ago it was. So I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for the 49ers. Um, you know, most reporters won't want to admit that. It doesn't mean that I can't be objective about them, but I do have a soft spot for them. Um, my dad was a huge 49er fan without question, to the point that he even painted his house in 49er colors. Um, oh wow. Which is a story for another day. It actually wasn't as bad as you might think, because I was like, ooh, but he actually <laughs> He actually made it work. So, so yeah, so I do have sort of a soft spot for them. And, and, um, and I always hope that they do well, you know, besides that, I feel that, that the ownership there is progressive in a lot of ways that a lot of other NFL clubs are not. And I wish that more clubs would be as open-minded as willing to consider others point of view as, you know, the 49ers are. So there are a lot of reasons. I don't know why I got into all that um, with you, but but yes, yeah, so I always follow them a little bit more closely than I might another team. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I agree with you on the ownership. And, you know, I started as 49ers fangirl. So it's changed dramatically because as a beat reporter who's there every day, it's it's different. Their, their wins or losses don't affect me like maybe the Dodgers or Michigan's wins or losses might and not might do. But I still have a little bit of a soft spot for the team, obviously, and I agree with you on the ownership group. And I think one of the things that I always found really cool about Jed York was he made some mistakes back in the day and he admits that and changed the behavior. And that is not an easy thing to do. And we just saw the commanders get sold and their owner certainly wasn't able to do that. And it there's not really no comparing, but it's not an easy thing to do. And so I've always appreciated that about him. I always felt like when I did come in as four nine spam girl, they gave me an opportunity. But part of the reason they gave me an opportunity is because they are so progressive and pro women. And I really like the organization. And maybe as a reporter, I shouldn't admit that either, but whatever. It's my podcast. I can do whatever. There you go. Marty <laughs> Schottenheimer had a saying that ownership has its privileges. So the fact that you own your podcast means that you have certain privileges mm-hmm. to say what you think and feel. And it kind of goes back to Jed York. He owns the team. He didn't have to learn anything. He could have continued to do things exactly how he wanted to or did, but look at how much better the team is as a result. Um, so I respect that about him. So go Niners. It's the only time you'll hear me say that all season long, but nonetheless, right. we'll do it. Okay, so we talked a little bit, or you, you had mentioned that someone in the organization said to you, we're all in. And I think they are all in because their windows are only open so long. And I think this team has another two-ish years in its Super Bowl window. But this season, at this point, after making it to all those NFC Championship games, which is not an easy thing to do, making it to the Super Bowl and not winning, is this season Super Bowl or bust? Is this season a complete failure if they don't win the Super Bowl? That was so dramatic. But is it, is it a failure if they don't win the Super Bowl? I think they would tell you that's how they view it. And, mm-hmm. and that's how they should view it. When you have a team as talented as they have, your focus and your goals should always be not just reaching the Super Bowl, but winning the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I believe that um, Super Bowl or bust. And there's nothing wrong with saying that or acknowledging that. Only one team finishes first every year, right? 
So all the other clubs could could view the season as a failure. I don't know that I would use the word failure if you don't win the Super Bowl, but I would definitely say that there should be supreme disappointment if this team does not win a Super Bowl or it does not compete for a Super Bowl. So absolutely, I would say Super Bowl or bust. Well, even last year at training camp, every player we talked to those first few weeks basically said the only thing on our mind is Super Bowl. And yeah. they were very open about it. Yeah, and that's how it should be. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a, um, a retired coach about the Detroit Lions and this whole thing about them now being the, the hunted instead of the hunter. Mm-hmm. And this one coach said to me, you know, I went through that with one of my teams. And he said, the thing that I did was the minute people started focusing on us as the hunted, I told our guys to embrace it. And mm-hmm. don't be afraid of saying, yeah, we're good with that. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with setting expectations and saying, this is what we're about. When you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, every year when Mike Tomlin meets with his club at the beginning of the year, everybody understands that because of the culture and the history within that organization, there is only one standard and one goal every year, Mm -hmm. and that is to win a Super Bowl. And so they don't run from that. They talk about it, and they accept it, and they play in such a way that over his first 16 years, he's never had a losing season, which is incredible. So if I'm the 49ers, um, I have no problem with people saying Super Bowl or bust because that's what it should be for this club. There's a sneaky thing going on the 49ers that I believe will help them win a Super Bowl. And that is that they currently have three Michigan players on the team and a Michigan guy as their quarterback's coach. So as far as I'm concerned, there's no way they lose <laughs> ever. They will not lose anything ever from here on out. Um, you know, I, I could be a bad guest and ask you when was the last time Michigan won a national championship? Oh, really, what but, we're talking about? But here. I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. Well, now they have Money Moody at kicker, Jay Moody, who I'm going to be really honest with you guys, and anybody sitting in the workroom during the draft would tell you when they announced that pick, I squealed 100%. When <laughs> <laughs> the excitement. Partly because I'd been talking for months about how they were going to draft him at 99 and then they draft him at 99. So I felt like either they're listening to me, which they're not, or I'm clairvoyant, which I might be, but I literally squealed. And then when they picked Ronnie Bell, I didn't squeal, but I sure was excited. And then we talked about (laughs) Avery Thomas and then Brian Greasy, quite possibly the greatest quarterbacks coach of all time. Based on, based on. Based on Jimmy Garoppolo was having a career year before he went down. And then look at Brock Purdy. See, you got to stop. But there's another quarterback coach or former quarterback coach who you could say did an equally. Jim Harbaugh. That's good job. No, no. Pep Hamilton when he was with the Chargers. Remember this. Week two, Tyrod Taylor goes down five minutes before the start of the game. True. They go to Justin Herbert, who has never played in an NFL game and said, you're starting. And he goes in and nearly beats the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs and has a great rookie year. But you can claim him because he once coached at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, see? So basically the moral of the story is that all great QB coaches come out of the University of Michigan. Have Michigan ties. How's that? Okay, have Michigan ties. Fine. Though two of them actually came out of the University of Michigan. But okay, but have Michigan have Michigan ties. Okay. That's well, you know, Pep Pep came out of how, okay, so we can say came out of Howard University or Michigan, and if you can combine the two, if you can take Howard University and give it Michigan ties, then they are really going well. 
that I'm really glad I was able to get that in on this podcast. Cause if I don't mention Jake Moody, at least once the podcast and I didn't last week, people are going to think something's wrong with me because money moody. No, you know what your audience is doing right now. Fringing. They're saying, why do you have this idiot on talking about something we don't even care about? Bring back Javarius Ward. <laughs> no, I think my audience is like, do we really think she's going to mention Jake Moody every single podcast the rest of the season? And maybe tune in every week to find out. All right, we're going to switch gears entirely to a different team in San Francisco versus my favorite team in Los Angeles. A lot of people ask me, why I'm a Dodgers fan. And though I've addressed it multiple times in case I have any new listeners here, I grew up in LA. My grandparents bought season tickets when Dodger Stadium opened and we've had those same tickets in our family all these years. So amazing. it really is amazing. And That's so amazing. we've been sitting in those seats forever. There was like a brief time period when I was a kid I, that I liked the Braves at the same time, but it's been pure Dodgers. Though this year I have a little bit of an affinity for the Cubs because of Cody Bellinger, but I think he's going to be going somewhere else next week. Um, so that is, there is that, but Dodgers giants, you're a giants fan. We joke about this all the time. We text about it. Giants Dodgers. The Dodgers have a four game lead right now in the West, but I want to quiz you on something. How many San Francisco giants players can you name? And how many Dodger players can you name? Um, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Vida Blue, Juan Marichal, Current, um, current. Oh, oh, current, current. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> That's sorry. my fault. I didn't say it. I didn't I'm say sorry. current. You know what? I am that baseball fan that purists hate because I am that guy who only starts talking about his team, like either in, you know, near the end of the season or when they're in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. I just don't have time to follow baseball. You know, first when I was a beat reporter uh, for the San Diego Chargers, you know, this as a beat reporter, it's 24 7. Yeah. you know 365 and so there just wasn't time to focus on baseball and whatnot and so i don't until we get to like the off season and there might be a moment there where you can read up on them a little bit so i'm telling you all of that to say to you i don't know anything about the giants team i just know that i'm a san francisco native mm -hmm. i always like to support my my hometown teams and therefore, regardless of whether they are winning or losing, I will always at least show support for them and love for them. Okay, that's fair. So I, so I, so I'm, so to answer your question though, to be specific here, how many San Francisco Giants can I name? There's a pitcher, and now I can't remember his name. Is it Hall? Logan Webb. Webb, Logan Webb. There you go. See Hall, Webb, right? Same difference. Right the same, you know. Buster retired. Mm -hmm. Oh, Brandon Crawford's been there forever. 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 And Kinsler's the manager. Gabe Kaplan. Right? Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan. See, 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 I don't know any of this. I'm just making stuff up as I go. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I want you to know that. Who's Kinsler, by the way? I have, I have no idea who Kinsler is. I, I don't know, but I'm sure that whoever he is, he's managing some. Wait a minute. We got to look this up. There's got to okay. be a Kinsler in baseball. Hold on. You look up Kinsler. Okay, go ahead. Give me your Dodgers. Give me your five Dodgers. I mean, Although I you could, can give me the whole starting line. Do you want me to start eleven? Do you want me to do it like based on who the matchups are and how they're hitting in one day and all of that? See, but, see, you know, Mookie Betts. Ian Kinsler. Ian okay. Kinsler. Who is he? What does he do? Ian Hold on. Okay. Okay. Ian Kinsler uh -huh. is a baseball player. I don't okay. know if he's still active or not. I just googled him. 
So he there did. is an Ian Kinsler. Okay. Ian Kinsler. I mean, I could name Dodgers for you, but sure. You know what? I won't even, I was going to start with Mookie, but I'm not even going to go with that. I'm going to go with like the Johnny DeLucas, James Outman, Evan Phillips, Justin Brule, Chris Taylor, Miguel Rojas. I'm going to go with the people that aren't the obvious ones. That's so well. I know, but I'm gonna, I have a so good beat reporter baseball story for you that I think I've told on this podcast recently, but I'm going to give it to you because I think you'll appreciate it. In 2020, Sunday Night Football, the 49ers play the Rams. It's October, so it's early in the season. It was like, this was the point in 2020 where we didn't know the 49ers season was going to be a complete and total disaster. So this game was super important for them. So they kick off on Sunday night at 5.15, whenever 5 Sunday night football is. At the exact same time that they kick off is first pitch in game seven of the NLCS, where the Dodgers fought back against the Braves. So I'm sitting at my cubicle in the press box, and it was in 2020, we, we had more space too, because there weren't as many of us and they were spacing us out, obviously, because of COVID. So I'm sitting there and I have, have got my computer to tweet and everything. And the, obviously I'm at Levi Stadium. I have my lucky Mookie bet shirt sitting on my lap and I have an iPad behind me with game seven of the NLCS on YouTube TV. And I really was proud of myself that night because I didn't tweet one thing about the Dodgers until Kyle Shanahan finished his press conference. Not only that, the Dodgers won the game as he was walking into his press conference and we're on Zoom and everybody can see you. It took all my strength not to cry tears of joy, but I really didn't want, think Kyle, want Kyle to think I was like that excited to see him. So <laughs> it's like, I really kept it together. But I had this, I had it on behind me, Kyle press, and once Kyle's press conference over, then I tweeted, oh. <laughs> But I was really proud of my level of professionalism with my Mookie Betts lucky t-shirt sitting on my lap. <laughs> I'll tell you a true story about this Giants-Dodgers rivalry. So I teach a journalism class at San Diego State University. Okay. So one year, uh, the year when the Giants and Dodgers met in the playoffs, I think the Giants had the best record in baseball that year, maybe okay. had over 100 wins, and they're playing the Dodgers early playoff round. So it gets to the deciding game. What was so it, game like two seven? years ago, right? Was it twenty? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. So I said to the class, "Here's the assignment. We're not going to meet. It's like on a Thursday night or whatever." I said, "We're not going to meet. Your assignment is you watch the game on television." And I said, "By midnight that night, you send me a story based on the results of the game." Oh, that's awesome. So everybody files a story except for this one student, and the names will remain private to protect the guilty. <laughs> and so the student, um, I don't see the student's paper. So I email the student and say, hey, looking for your paper. I don't see it. And the student, and uh, by the way, I have to say half the class was Giants fans, half the class Dodgers fans, right? Okay. This student happened to be a Giants fan. So when I email and ask about the paper, the student emails me back and says, after two hours of looking at an empty screen, I was just so emotionally drained by the Giants loss that rather than say something nice about the Dodgers, I will just take a zero on the assignment. And Tracy, oh my God, I can't remember being more angry um, or that angry in quite some time. So I, I literally emailed a friend who was also an instructor and I said, what are we allowed to say to these students without getting ourselves into trouble? <laughs> and so I emailed the student and I said, um, I said, first things first, you will get a zero. Mm -hmm. Second thing, if you were an actual journalist, 
working journalist, you would not have a job this morning. Mm -hmm. And the person actually, actually emailed me back and said, wow, that's harsh. Also true. And, I, and I'm like, what are we doing today with, with, you know, in terms of the journalists that we're bringing up that someone could think that they could say, I'm too emotionally attached to a team that I can't write a story because it lost and my job is going to be okay with that. The same job who is paying me, by the way, Mm -hmm. to fill a space in the newspaper with the results of the game. So um, that whole discussion can lead to a larger discussion again, like we were talking about earlier. But it was funny that I love, I guess what I'm saying here is that I love the passion of both sides mm -hmm. in terms of when it comes to the Giants and Dodgers, that they respect each other, but they hate each other, which is how it should be. Yeah, that is exactly how it should be. The hero of that game, by the way, was one Cody Bellinger. So I'm going to say the thing I've been trying to manifest for weeks with the trade deadline coming up, I would like the Dodgers to trade. Bring them home. Uh-huh. Marcus Stroman, Cody Bellinger, and a bullpen reliever. Jim, I I think everybody knows. Like, I would cry. I cried when he left, when he signed with the Cubs. Like, very strong tears came out of my eyes. Oh my I cried goodness. on April 14th when he came back to Dodger Stadium for the first time, and they did a whole tribute to him. Cried during that and posted on social media. I wasn't even embarrassed. Ah, the tears that would come out if he comes back. I don't even know. I don't even know. And then I have to tell Mookie Betts, you're back to my second favorite Dodger, and it's fine. I still love you. It's just Cody's number one. Wow. I, I don't know. Have I ever cried for a sports team? Oh, I'm a, I am an emotional person to begin with. I mean, this, the Dodgers have made me cry on more than one occasion. But Cody Bellinger leaving, like, that, that was really, that was really devastating to me. But I'm... I think they're going to bring him back in a week. Fingers crossed. Okay. All right. All I'll be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching my social media feed. Please do. Please do. Okay. Please manifest it. Please feel free to share with other people that I think this could happen. Cause that just keeps speaking it into existence and it would be so exciting. <laughs> you know, you're losing audience listeners by the minute here. Right. I know I am, but I also think that everyone has pretty much accepted it. Like they know if you follow me and you listen, you know, how much I love the Dodgers. I mean, there are podcast episodes that focus solely on the Dodgers. So th there are people on Twitter that tell me they mute me till August and I'm fine with that. I get it. No problem. But you got to respect the fact that no matter what, I stand by my boys in blue. Absolutely respect it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I respect that you stand by your boys in orange, even if you don't know who any of them are. <laughs> I don't. That's really sad. But Ian Kinsler forever. I have not I have not seen a I've not seen a Giants game this year. We were supposed to see one. Yes. And then my schedule didn't allow. But um yeah, I've not seen one. Well, playoffs are coming soon if they make it. They're four games back uh in the NLS at the moment, but fighting for the wild card, you never know. The team's and where are the Padres? Where are the Padres? Oh god, the pa I don't even know. The Padres are like in like a different league and not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> like they're kind of a hot ass mess. I don't actually know where they are. A hot ass mess. Let me quote. Let me get that quote. Feel right. free to quote that. And kind I actually think that there's mess. no one, there's no Padres fan, and perhaps nobody in the Padres organization that would even like argue that with me. Yeah. You know, true story here. I'm, I know I'm giving you all this stuff that has nothing to do with the 49ers. Or no, we've moved on for the 49ers. Who needs them? <laughs> oh, okay. So when the, when the Chargers left San Diego, most people know I live in San Diego, mm -hmm. and I felt so bad for the city that I actually looked into buying season tickets for the Padres Aww. just because I wanted to support, you know, the last major professional sports team in town. And I ended up not doing it one because they were so damn expensive. 
Um, and I was like, can I really do throw away that kind of money and never go? Because I knew I wouldn't go to any games. Right. I might get to one or two games. So I looked into buying a smaller package. But um, like you have said to me before, you know, why do you why are you supporting the Padres? You know, support the Dodgers. And I know you're playful with that and whatnot. But I do, but I, I do, do kind of choose to. Okay. <laughs> but if I'm not supporting the Giants, which I will always support the Giants. I do support the Padres at all other times simply because I live here and I want to see the city have a championship club. And that's why this season, even though I'm not following, following, mm-hmm. um, I do know they're struggling and it, it hurts in a way because I want these fans to have something to celebrate. San Diego sports fans are great. I don't think people realize just how passionate they are about their their teams, just like they were so passionate about the Chargers. Um, so I would love to see the city have a team to celebrate. Well, and San Diego State got to the finals. That was pretty exciting. So that yes. was something we're celebrating. Um, my brother, we've known the Dutchers a long time. My brother was the manager at Michigan, and then he was a grad assistant at a variety of places. But that was exciting uh, for San Diego State it was personally exciting because I really like Brian Dutcher, but that was cool for San Diego. And I don't know what's going on with the Padres. I hope they figure it out because I actually, even as a Dodgers fan, want the Padres to be good. They're an exciting team. I love Tatis. I really like Juan Soto. I have very mixed feelings about Manny Machado, but that is a whole different podcast. But I do <laughs> want them to be, see how my demeanor changed so much. Mm-hmm. Manny Machado. And everything changes, but they're an exciting team and I, I want them to be good. So hopefully they figure it out, but I don't think they're going to figure it out this year. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Cause the whole, the whole experiment with the Padres was about finally you had an ownership group that was willing to spend money mm-hmm. and to go out and invest in multiple $300 million players, you know? And so all of a sudden to do that and then not have them perform and not have the, or not have the team perform. I don't want to say them. Um, your fear is that ownership then goes the other way and says, well, we tried that and that didn't work. So we're not going to spend on big money free agents or big money players anymore. And I hope that never happens, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put some wins behind those dollars. Well, and I think there's a happy medium. I do think you can have too much on one team. There could be too much ego. There could be too much. So I'm not saying that that's what's going on. Cause I, I don't know enough about what's going on with the Padres, but it can't be too much, but I think with baseball, there's that happy medium. If you need, you need a solid farm system where you bring your guys in, and those guys in your farm system kind of become the core of the team, and then you do spend money on those big time free agents to round them out and get you to the next level. And so I don't know what's going on with the Padres, but if they wanted my opinion, that's what I think they should do. But I don't think they do want my opinion because I'm wearing a pink Dodgers hat right now. So. That's their loss. Uh, but Jim, this was fun, as always, because you're the best and one of my most favorite humans and writers. One of my most favorite. <clears throat> the grammarian in me would say, if you say most, it means there can only be one. Oh, that's true. So it's you. Congratulations. See? All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening week to week and see if you use most on any of your other guests. I'm gonna be really careful about that. All right. Fantastic. I'm just glad you're going to be listening week to week. So I'll just be, I'll be really careful. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, where can you find me? I would like to say on a beach. <laughs> or a golf course. Or a golf course with a cool lemonade in my hand. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So social media, wait, is it Twitter or is it X now? I don't know because it? when I opened it this morning, it was still Twitter, but I clearly was told yesterday it was going to be X. So I don't know. Maybe Twitter X. 
Yeah, who knows? But it's uh, Jim Trotter underscore NFL, or uh, you can find me at The Athletic. And subscribe. I want to keep a job. Yes, subscribe. We want Jim to keep a job. So everybody subscribe. You guys, if you like what you heard, and I'm sure you did, even with all that (laughs) Cody Bellinger talk, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a super positive review. Don't say anything mean about Cody Bellinger. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at TracyFGSN, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And I think that's everything for now. Happy training camp, everybody. Bye. You you know they're never gonna listen again when I'm on. No, that's not true. I think they're gonna ask for you to come back. You and Charberry Sword. Uh-huh. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> One more than the other. All right, bye all. <laughs>